Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Gelado. And I'm Sefran. And today we're continuing our music in video games theme. Uh, if you listen to the previous episode, episode 15, you'll remember that we discussed great use of music in video games, um, where we talked about things like Transistor and uh, what else did we talk about? We talked about some of my ones were Metal Gear, uh, oh, yeah. using the music in Metal Gear. Uh, what else was there? Half that Half Life Two track. We talked about oh, like yeah. specific tracks, didn't we? You yeah, know, that we, was cool. That we kind of discussed specific ones, and you know, things about why we thought that they were particularly good pieces, or used in a particularly interesting way, or had something different about them, like the musical levels in Rayman. Oh yeah, the, that, they were cool. Yeah, we discussed that episode. We really enjoyed recording that episode, and we wanted to talk more about music in video games because there's just so much that you can talk about. Um, and we kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about just music that the two of us really like, like where it's like, whether it's something that we remember or we have some kind of emotional connection. So rather than looking at it from an analytical point of view, we just wanted to be like, oh, isn't this cool? You know, this particular um, music, you know, and, and sort of try and pick out some different themes, some different platforms. Um, and different genres and and yeah and just sort of talk about all the variety of of music that you can get in video games because video games are really interesting in that video music is always part of it no mm. matter i mean, try and think of a game that doesn't have any form of music in it and like it's like it's a really artistic choice that hasn't got any music i suppose like games almost universally have it and mm. it'd almost be weird if it didn't yeah but yet, it, whenever you talk about games you talk about the gameplay or the story or the graphics or the multiplayer or something you don't talk about the music of it as much do you no you don't it definitely takes a back seat but nonetheless it plays a very large part in the in the game and how the game feels and you know it's, it's like um tv shows and movies as well right like you know they often have very um incidental sort of ambient music which actually we'll touch on in the episode but if you take that away it seems really weird like the, yeah. the you know the show doesn't feel right and it actually if you watch you if you watch like a tv show or something without music it feels like there's just like permanent suspense because often yeah. the absence of music is used as a as a suspense kind of trick if you like but yeah so there's really a lot to it and the first game that we wanted to talk about was uh, super mario galaxy for the wii I wanted to pick it out because I think that it's really cool that it was the first uh, use of a proper recorded orchestra in the series, in Mario Galaxy, um, in, or in Super Mario, rather. It was still the usual com co composers. Uh, it was still Koji Kondo uh, and also Mahito Yokota. I didn't actually play Mario Galaxy, or at least not on launch, because I didn't have a Wii, but Antonia did, and she played it. And I, so I sort of like witness the music from afar well it's really interesting because like your main experience of the game was almost from hearing it rather than playing yeah exactly absolutely um and it's so very mario but at the same time so different to previous mm. mario music um you know a lot of it was very fresh a lot of it was very sort of fresh melodies but it still just did such a great job and i think that just the impact of having an orchestral score for a game that was such a huge 
sort of change from yeah. previous Mario games. And I think to also mix that up by completely changing the way that the music is, you know, composed and recorded and played was just such a big deal, but also really, really cool. I mean, what's really interesting is that you say it was such a different style of game, but when you really kind of condense it down, it's surprising how similar Mario Galaxy is to really old school Mario. When yeah, you like, true. consider the fact that although it's like you're running on the sides of buildings and stuff, it's still the same thing. It's just with gravity kind of messed with. Yeah, and you could almost see the same thing with the music as well. Like when you, if you really sit and think about it, the music's very similar to all Mario music. It's just mm. this time it's done with so much more oomph. Yeah, um, exactly. you know, it's so much clearer and it's so much like you know smooth and you know the music always seems to fit the levels really nicely as well, don't they? Like the yeah. one that I think you've been playing is is it Gusty Garden? Um, yeah, I think that's kind that's of the right. one that like a lot of people associate with the game. You can just imagine that level with like the wind blowing around and like the grass beneath his feet as he's running through everything. It works perfectly. Mm, and yeah. Mario games have always done that. The music has always worked. Like no matter if it's kind of the weirder, kookier Mario's like uh, Sunshine, or mm. it's the more traditional ones like you know, like Super Mario Land or something like that. It's actually interesting that some games, the, the way that they use music, they use music to depict the theme of the maybe the level or the environment that you're in and things like that. They're sort of more like environmental music, um, but still, in the case of um, Mario Galaxy, still very musical. Um, rather than just ambient music but then some games just have sort of a continuous theme of music of a certain genre or a certain style yeah. uh, no matter what's really going on in the game this it's like it's the same music which i think is quite interesting but yeah so i, I don't know mario is mario galaxy i just think it's just it just sounds so great it's just got there's just so much polish to it just like the game itself polish is know? a good word for it yeah. definitely you know the, the game shines so much and the music shines with it i think I think it certainly helped move Mario into the next kind of stage, next level almost. Mm. And I think if you'd have continued using the more traditional way of recording the music, creating the music, I think maybe that would have started to like be left behind, especially as like the graphics become even nicer and you know the games become kind of bigger and more grand. There's always going to be a place in for like you know the MIDI type file music, mm. but having this nice kind of big orchestral feel, it, it definitely makes the game feel more important, which it is because it is a very important Mario game. Mm. Yeah, and I think also the impact was accentuated even more by the fact that Nintendo kind of always lagged a little bit behind in turning their music into full score, or it always felt like they did. You know, they seem to cling on to that, um, you know, synthesized MIDI music as long as they could. And I think mm. part of it was because, as we've discussed before, you know, with the Nintendo 64, for example, they couldn't put you know, real music tracks on, it still had to be all synthesized on the fly because the cartridges were so small. Yeah. Um, and so they couldn't put real recorded music on. And I guess in some ways it was the same for the GameCube. That, you know, I guess they could have done a full orchestra for Sunshine, but... What I find is, uh, although the GameCube may have had a, the capability of doing it, because I, I mean, I don't know how big or small the, those the discs they, were. They were big enough, I think. But I mean, exactly. I imagine they were big enough for, for kind of proper music in it. But... 
I always found Nintendo games specifically, so like actually Nintendo developed games like on the GameCube, for example, they always seem to make their games have game music in them as mm. opposed to getting music made. Oh, sorry, rather than getting kind of like pre-made music for the games to use. Yes. So, you know, they were always designed with the game in mind at all times rather than kind of slapping something on the background of it or something. I guess that comes from just sort of Nintendo style as well to some extent, you know, they with you know composers in house and and just the way that they the way that they package up their games to some extent. Yeah, definitely. And I think they like that that sense that at the end of the day it is a video game. Mm. And don't get me wrong, I'm not like taking away from games that do differently. Like uh, Grand Theft Auto is one that I was considering talking about on this list because mm. like Grand Theft Auto is really interesting is that it uses like real licensed music like you can listen to all sorts of different music from uh, you know, from just the charts, but it has like music created for the game, but it's all music, music rather than game music, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I I think also it was something that I was considering talking about was um the Forza Horizon series because that's the same, like um you know this real music, uh, and it's just you know a curated sort of playlist for the game and the the environment and things like that. But yeah, so what's what, give us one of your uh, favorites, Seth? So going on from from that, when I was talking about how that, like that kind of gamey music, mm. the next one that I want to talk about is almost kind of the opposite of that entirely, uh, and that's the the Blaz Blue Calamity Trigger soundtrack. Or to be honest with you, any of the Arxis fighting games. To be honest, um, okay. like they all have a very similar feel to them. They're not. They are. There is music made for the game specifically, but it's very much music then placed into a video game rather than you know music created for the game in mind. Right. You could listen to it just like on the radio or like on a soundtrack or something, and mm. you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily associate it with being a video game. Yeah. Now the one that I've chosen, Blast Blue Climate Trigger, because the one I'm most familiar with, to be honest with you. Um, but you could talk about any of the Guilty Gear soundtracks as well, and any of the other kind of like, uh, different versions of Blast Blue as well. They all have their own ones. So I don't I don't know anything about these games. What just give us a quick summary? They're two D fighting games. Okay. Like. Uh, Kind of think old Street Fighter style, yeah. And they've tried to keep the the more condensed down versions of the uh, sorry condensed feel of the games. They're all still sprite based. I think right. they are at least anyway. Like they're yeah. all very 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 beautifully rendered um, sprites uh, for all your fighters, and it's always on a two D plane. Okay. And it's all about like frame cancelling and like doing perfect combos and being able to like you know okay. interrupt those combos very well so very sort of technical um, yeah it, it's certainly not a fighting game that you can get into very easily like okay. most fighting games are pretty hard to get into but yeah, yeah the, the these ones time. specifically are quite unfriendly to mm. approach but the music is, is is absolutely opposite in the sense that you can listen to this music and it gets you pumped up it's a lot of like guitar riffs and kind of like i don't, I don't know metal music i guess mm. Like sort of heavy, very heavy rock kind of and fast yeah, exactly. pace, like fast tempo. It, it depends on the characters that you're playing as well as it also depends on the stages that are being played on. Oh, so the music isn't just specifically for like, you know, you play the game, this is music that plays. It's like it depends on what characters are, are being used. It's not just like picking a random track from the Exactly, from the yeah. Okay. And although that's nothing new in all fairness, like plenty of video games do that. I don't know, they just, they feel quite unique. And if you listen to them and you listen to them a few times and you get to know the character, you can really start to see the association between the two um, 
the sound and the character itself. Yeah. So like in Blaz Blue, for example, one of my characters I enjoy playing was Jin, who is mm-hmm. kind of like the, the Ken of the game, also supposed to be. He's kind okay. of like the the offshoot of the main character. And he's kind of like a little bit kind of he's well, a little bit quirky. He's very quirky. He's a bit weird. He's I don't want to say psychotic, but he's definitely not all there. Um and his piece of music, the, the lust sin piece of music, is um you can kind of sense that in it as well. It very it fits in very, very nicely. And then yeah. equally so, um, all the other kind of characters have like a very uh, fitting music for it. Mm-hmm. And I'd love the fact that it's such high quality as well. Like it's not just been thrown together, or that'll do. Because I mean, at the end of the day, a fighting game is about the fighting itself. You don't need epic music to make the fighting game really good. Mm. Uh, whereas like you do need really good music in say like a story-based game because you want to kind of set the scene, so to speak. Yeah. Um, you could you could play these games in complete silence and it would be exactly the same game. Yeah. But the music gets you really pumped up. It gets you in the zone to to really kind of have this big epic duel. And that's mm. what they feel like, actually, with some of these music, especially this kind of like heavy guitar music. Yeah. It feels very epic, very final showdown Yeah, that's really interesting that you say like, you know, you could play it without it, but actually the pace of the of the of the fights and the way that the sort of the game pl- plays out would probably feel quite different if it didn't have this sort of very high, t- you know, up tempo, fast tempo, um heavy sort of music behind it. It'd be interesting to see what a game like this would be like if you maybe put like the opposite like yeah. quite calm <laughs> what chill out play it differently you know like whether Maybe. you would sort of act a bit differently as you were playing um if the music was different there's got to be some kind of psychology there surely mm, mm, yeah. um, like having that fast angry music well not angry music but kind of like you know fast mm. very uh, empower impactful music would yeah. affect how you decide to play the game mm. and maybe that's intentional maybe because the game's supposed to be quite kind of fast and back back and forward there's not a lot it's not about you know stalling and anything it's about getting in your opponent's face mm. and really kind of like hammering away yeah yeah so maybe that was like done on purpose in that sense yeah it probably was, almost certainly. But yeah, that, that's really interesting. I think this is a good example. Like, don't get me wrong, I would happily sit and listen to, say, Mario music on a, on a my headphones or whatever. Mm. But I think this is a good example of a game's soundtrack where you could just sit and listen to it. Mm. Uh, and like, it's the kind of thing you put on a Spotify shuffle playlist, right? Yeah. You, you could be playing a game, like, for example, I've been playing a lot of Elite Dangerous recently. Mm. And don't get me wrong, the music's good in Elite Dangerous, but when you're playing as many hours of Elite Dangerous as I have, you don't really want to listen to the same kind of basic ambient tracks over and over again yeah there are only about four in it right there's a reason it's not on this list <laughs> exactly so this is the if you're feeling like you want to go like bounty hunting or something and be kind of like you know a quite action thing this is mm. the kind of music you could put on and you just stick it on spotify and it doesn't matter the fact that it's not from this game it's still yeah. really cool music and i'm sure other fighter games do it as well but this this one and the arxis games as well like guilty gear do it so well and they're very unique as well you hear this music, you're like, oh, this, that, you attribute it to that style of fighting game. Yeah. Well, I mean, to to go from uh, music that you can listen to and have on a Spotify shuffle to something that you probably wouldn't want to because it's a little bit repetitive by necessity um, is The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, which was a Game Boy game and definitely one of my soundtracks that... I find myself whistling without necessarily remembering what it was from. And then I'm like, wait, what What? what game is that from? And then I realise <laughs> that it's like I'm whistling something from Link's Awakening. 
there's definitely a nostalgia element like we talked about this in our previous episode um, yeah 100 percent, and it, it comes back a lot doesn't it like mm. you hear it and you're immediately transported to when you played that game exactly because it's, it's so iconic you know exactly that what i found interesting i was doing a little bit of research is that the two composers which i'm not going to try and pronounce you can probably pronounce them i'll put them in the show notes um were, it was their first game that they did music for um, which is really interesting. And again, they, they definitely have that, and this is kind of going back maybe, say, 20 years from Mario Galaxy, but they have that Nintendo-ish feel to them where, mm. like, the music's been created specifically for the game and it's intrinsic to that game as well. You certainly wouldn't mistake it for anything else. No, exactly. Yeah, definitely. This is sort of going back to when we were talking about Mario Galaxy and about how it's very, like, music for the game. This was definitely the same. Uh, and I think some of that comes from... The fact that the way the music has to be composed is very different because it's exceedingly repetitive because there's limited space. It's it's obviously synthesized and being, you know, played in real time on the device because it's a Game Boy. The actual tracks themselves are maybe a minute, if not less. Probably less. You know, they're very much melodies with some background to them. And that's sort of, that's all it is. But as a result, I, I don't know. I think there's just, I don't know what it is, but I think there must be a certain technique to building or composing music that works like that, where you mm. can have it go over and over again and it's memorable, but also not super duper irritating. <laughs> I think a lot of video game music, especially older generation music as well, where you could be having to listen to the same thing for a long period of time because, again, they had a relatively small amount of kind of space to be able to have more music mm. on. It needed to be because, I, I mean, we've all played games where the music's awful and you just want to turn it off. And God help us when you find a game where you can't go into the options menu and mute the sound and you have to mute <laughs> your whole TV yeah. or something. Like, it's awful, isn't it? And it, it's, it bores into your head. And he's like, oh my god, shut up. Mm. But they've managed, especially with something like uh, Link's Awakening, which was, what, was Game Boy, wasn't it? Yes. Like, yeah. um, you know, very, very limited hardware. They've managed to make it into this really, I'd say iconic, but infinitely listenable, listenable piece of music. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you could be playing this game, you, you know, for tens if not hundreds of hours and maybe not hundreds of hours for Link's Awakening but definitely tens of hours um, and, yeah. you know, and you would definitely hear all of these pieces potentially a thousand times over yeah that's not that's probably not an exaggeration you know easily um, so for them to stick in your head and, and like for me for example you know I find myself whistling them you know things like Ballad of the Windfish and stuff like that you know I just it's just yeah I don't know there's just something about it it really sticks with me and yeah, I just I just really really like it, and I think that it's it's some really great Zelda music, and music that you can listen to on loop, like we said about on this kind of stuff, and not be sat, uh, bored of it. It's really important. A lot of video games that don't necessarily have you doing much in a sense, like the game's not like super uh, engaging in the sense that you've got to be like on your toes all the time, like a Call of Duty first person shooter star game. Mm. Because you're going to be listening to it all the time while, say, say, slowly thinking through problems or waiting for something to happen. Mm. And the game that I want to talk about next was uh, was FTL, Faster Than Light. Yes. Um, now, it's such 
a tiny little game. It didn't really release too much fanfare, but when it did came out and like people played it, it was like, oh my god, this game's amazing. And mm. it got like, you know, huge reviews and it sold really, really well. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the music for the game was the reason for that, not at all, because <laughs> it wasn't. Like the gameplay is certainly what you come for this game for. But all the pieces of music in the game, they're they just fit so perfectly. Mm. And like I can I'm just looking at some of the names of the pieces of music, like whilst looking at the show notes, and I can already hear them in my head. Mm. And they're not even kind of like your Link's Awakening style music where they have kind of like notes and beats where it's like the you know the village theme you can kind of hear the beats of each one yes. because they're very soft and ambient and very electronic sounding yeah but it's still very unique and very individual I suppose to to this game and I find so many games that have to have kind of like ambient background music they it sounds like stock um, yes. It sounds very just like, oh, whatever, let's just pick something out of the bargain bin and that'll do. Mm. Whereas the music of this game definitely sounds like it's music from this game, which I think is very impressive considering that it is just that. It's just background music. Yeah, I know what you mean. Even I didn't actually play a huge amount of FTL, but just even listening to this, I can just, you know, I can tell it just feels like FTL music. Um, mm. You know, it just, I don't know, I feel like it matches the graphical vibe of the game. Yeah. Like the, it's sort of the the, the style of of. of faster than light and visually and the music sort of get re- seem to really go well together. And I think it helps set the tone a bit as well because it isn't your typical kind of like, you know, action-heavy space game. Mm. It, it does have that almost kind of like isolated, desolate feel to it. Mm. And all the music feels slightly kind of washed out almost. Mm. Not in a negative way, but in obviously in a very intentional way. It, everything kind of feels like it's a bit of a dreary battle because you mm. know it's going to be difficult and you know you're slowly, slowly losing resources. Like every battle's going to cost you something and you're trying to get through somewhere without having to spend too much of your resources. Mm. And even the battle musics make it sound less epic, more dangerous. Like, they don't make you feel like you're about to have an epic battle, like, say, we were talking about, like, Blast Blue. They sound like something you want to be avoiding, something kind of <laughs> nasty. Yes. Um, ominous. Like, ominous, that's the word. Yeah, that's, that, that's definitely the word for mm. it. And it's very clever as well because they have two different kind of pieces of music for each encounter, essentially. Like, the game's okay. kind of split up into, like, various stages. Like, uh, I don't know if they're, they're galaxies or whether they're, like, systems or sectors? something. I'm not sure. Sectors? Sectors. I think, I think that's how they do it is sectors. I don't know what mm. a sector necessarily constitutes in real life, but whatever. It's, it's like a video game. <laughs> um, but each sector has, like, its own kind of piece of music which is connected to, like, what sector it belongs to. So it's, like, a nebula one. Is it a mantis one? Oh, is it okay, a yeah, Rockman yeah. one? But within those ones, like, they change it up between the battle music and the exploration music, where it's mm. just like you're just kind of sitting in space or whether or not you're fighting someone at the same time. And again, it, it melds very nicely, too. Like, it, it kind of goes between those two very nicely. It kind of, like, flows. You never feel abrupt, which mm. I really like. Mm. And I, I it's a really, really small, like, little thing, and it's not so much about the music. It's also cool that when you, you pause the game, as far as I remember, at least, anyway, it turns off the music as well to make oh, it cool. feel like it, time has stopped. Yeah. And you, now you can work out what you want to do. You can issue your commands, and you can start playing again. It'll carry on. Mm, that's cool. Yeah, I, I think that it's, you know, we've talked so far about games that have very sort of 
forefronty music um but it is really interesting to look at good examples of, of very ambient music like ftl and i think also you know you make your own drama in ftl like the yeah. music is very sort of in the background and ambience and so instead it brings the drama of what's happening in the game and what you're thinking about and trying to do it brings that to the forefront which is the main focus of the game um so i think it sort of complements it really well in that sense as well and then one game that is very much the opposite of that <laughs> <laughs> a game that really pushes music to the forefront rather than the background mm is uh, the Jet Set Radio game, specifically Future, because that's the one that I played the most. Yes. And that's the one that, whose soundtrack I'm most familiar with. But I think there's quite a lot of crossover between the uh, the different game soundtracks, because I think there's like remixed versions of the same songs. Hmm. And that's very different in the sense that the music is almost part of the game. Because, I mean, hell, kind of clues in the title of the game, the game yeah. the Jet Set Radio. You know, you're listening to a kind of like a pirate radio station that's playing kind of like the, the freshest music, so the, the kids would say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Dem kids. Them kids and their fresh music. It's interesting. Like I talked, I've talked about games that I think are sort of mostly recognisable, but actually, Blast Blue and Jet Set Radio Future are kind of a little bit more obscure. How would you describe Jet Set Radio, the games, for those that might not know? So, it's uh, it's kind of a weird game in that mm. you play um, a skater, like a roller the rollerblader, yeah. uh, in sort of like a fictionalised version of Tokyo. It's all very cel-shaded, so think yes. of something maybe like uh, Wind Waker mm. or Borderlands, which is why it's aged so well, because, I mean, cel-shaded yes. games age so well. Like, they look fantastic even now. But the idea is is that you, you play as, like, these kind of, like, rebellious sort of anti-authority rollerbladers going around the city kind of, like, spraying graffiti tags, and it's kind of like a clan war so, sort of thing. Mm. It becomes a lot more weird and, like, <laughs> very <laughs> traditionally Japanese. Yes. Um, <laughs> as you play through the game a bit more, like, it becomes a bit, like, surrealist mm. um, with, like, gods and magic and stuff, weirdly Ooh, interesting. enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the music is a very big part of the game in the sense that it feels like the kind of music that your characters would actually listen to, which is mm. the whole point. Yes. Um, because the idea is that your, your characters will be listening to this whilst they're going through the streets of like, you know, quasi Tokyo spraying their graffiti and all the tracks have a very similar kind of, I don't know how you describe it. I guess it's sort of J poppy techno kind of remix vibe yeah. to it. You can listen to whatever music is playing in the background right now. And they they are actual tracks that kind of like already would have already existed or would have been kind of like asked for by the sound creators of the game uh, and then put into the game to, to, you know, in particular levels rather than being created specifically for the game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And this kind of music, one of the things that I was really struggling with when we were doing the notes was trying to decide what kind of game to talk about. Because I ended up coming with a few examples yes. of this type of music. And surprisingly enough, like they're all that kind of strange, more surrealist Japanese mm. vibe to things too. So the other two games I wanted to talk about were um, Katamari Damashi and Splatoon. So obviously Splatoon is maybe less kind of weird because it's like a kind of classic like Nintendo game. Mm. But Katamari is a very strange game. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but they all use that sort of like J-poppy, J-rock remixed music. Again, quite upbeat and yeah, high tempo. Yeah, upbeat, high tempo, high energy. Mm. You know, the kind of the kind of music that kind of gets you going, um, but not in an aggressive way, just in an energetic way. Mm. I always feel like listening to the Jet Set Radio Future music. It's quite, it's quite harsh. Like I feel like on its own, it doesn't work as well as it does in the game. Like it's not mm. necessarily a criticism. It's just that it works really well when it's in that environment with the yeah. graphics and the aesthetic and the pace of the game. But on its own, it's quite busy you know it's quite sort of like full on um it is yes because the pace of the music is quite constant and actually that's similar to a lot to some of the blaz blue music as well and i think it's because it's in a game like the pace needs to be maintained you can't have the pace of a song like a traditional song that you would listen to where the pace goes up and down like maybe you've got a verse and a chorus and things like that because you want to make people feel that way you want people to go up and down and sort of ride this ride these waves in your music but for music for games like this you don't want those waves because it may not match what's going on in the game you don't know yeah. what point of the, of the game people are necessarily at or in the level so mm-hmm. you just have it as a constant um which yeah. i think is really interesting i i, I think the music's really very unique as well yes. like that whole i really don't know what you call it but that kind of music is, is <laughs> this kind of really music. cool. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. And it's very much not video game music. Mm. But going on to the last game we're going to talk about is very much is video game music, isn't it? Like it, it's certainly, I think it's one of the ones that really almost like personifies video game music, isn't yes. it? Yes. I think it's really all down to that supreme talent of that one composer, Grant Kirkhope, mm. who composed this music and that's the music for Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie. He also did a whole bunch of other things, everything from uh, Kingdoms of Amalur and Viva Piñata and also more recently he's done the music for Ukulele. Which, of course, is basically Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> yeah, just re-skinned, yeah. <laughs> just looking really nice. And I think it's interesting because music is a theme in Banjo-Kazooie in general. Like, the in the title sort of opening cinematic, if you want to call it a cinematic, there's, like, a whole bit where all the characters are playing musical instruments and they're like a band. And when you play the game, you're collecting musical notes and that's your, like, collectible item. You know, it plays a big part in the game. I mean, hell, the two main characters are named after musical instruments. Oh, yeah, that's a really good point. <laughs> <laughs> a that's... banjo and a kazooie. <laughs> I probably should have mentioned that first. <laughs> it's interesting that you didn't pick up on that because it's just so... When you say banjo-kazooie, you don't think of the instruments, you think of the characters. Yeah, exactly. I do. I do in this, in this uh, circumstance. There was There's some really interesting things about Banjo-Kazooie and there's sort of what makes it great and what makes it so enjoyable. The music really kind of reflects the areas. So all the tracks, while having common themes, 
are also very, very different. And you can just tell from listening to it the kind of environment that the music is for. So again, drawing back to things like Jet Set Radio Future and Blaz Blue, you know, those are and FTL to some extent. Those are games where all of the music has a sort of common theme as a as music itself when taken on its own. But yeah. something like banjo, the music all varies massively depending on what environment you're in in the game instead. I really love your uh, kind of note here about using the sound effects within the music to represent the area that you're in. Absolutely. And the Rusty Bucky Bay one's a fantastic example. I'm sure there are more within the game too. But like the idea of when the music's playing, you can hear the kind of the clanking of like spanners and you can hear like the, the sound of the whistles going off in the background, like the, yeah. you know, the big steam whistles, that kind of thing. And that's not like a sound effect. That's part of the music, like the mm. level's music. It sets the tone for for the level even more, especially when you've got like a relatively limited graphical capability to set the tone for a level too. Yeah, that's and very it makes true. it feel a lot more industrial. Yes, and then when you go to like um, like Treasure Trove Cove, it, you can hear like you know the lapping of the waves and like the sound of like are they like marimba drums? I guess they are or something like that. Yeah, like steel drums. Um, yeah, that's it. Like again, it, it sets the the tone of what the level's trying to achieve when what it can achieve visually is more limited mm, yeah absolutely i also really like that in banjo kazooie you know you just have that fade where for example when you go and this is quite a common theme now but like if you go underwater there will be an underwater version of the same track that sort of yeah. like sounds like you're underwater and is kind of muffled and muted and that's a common theme across all of the music and, and the games that grant coke hope did the music for the fading is a, is so fantastic in this game and not just between say like you know water levels and uh, normal levels but also between the areas of the game where the music actually changes like because all the all the music is unique it has like a similar sort of vibe to it but it is all unique music but you'd almost say it was the same piece of music just kind of redone over and over and over again in yeah. like different ways but it isn't and that's so clever because that gives the game the the entire game like the same feel to it and the same like the oh this is banjo music yes but absolutely. it never gets like dull and it always fits the level really nicely etc you can listen to it and enjoy it, but probably only if you've played the game yeah, and definitely. you've experienced like you running through the levels. If you just sat down and listened to these pieces of music, you probably wouldn't think they were all that much. Like they're just kind of whatever. I think with all of this music that we've discussed and, and most video game music, there's kind of like an interdependency. The game is dependent on the music to provide that extra level of atmosphere and feeling. And I think it's a great example with Banjo-Kazooie uh, in that the music helps assist with the fact that you've got, you know, fairly limited graphical powers and, you know, to be able to convey a, a particular theme perfectly. And so the music is just allows, you know, enhances that so much. But also at the same time, a lot of this music can be very repetitive, particularly with technical limitations in earlier games. Uh, and also even even now, you know, you, you're not going to compose an hour long piece of music for how long someone may be in a particular level of a game. You're going to compose something that's maybe three, five, seven minutes long. Um, so it's going to be heard over and over. And so the music is also dependent on the game because the music has to, to some extent, be toned down a little bit so that it's not too irritating mm -hmm. to hear over and over again. And so instead, it then lets the game provide that variety. And I think that's a 
you know that's so unique to video game music and the and, and what it has to achieve and what it has to work with definitely because it can go one way or the other too much it has to hit that really very subtle balance doesn't mm, it yeah definitely well that was us trying to you know basically just have a bit of a nice discussion about uh about video game music and try and remain non-analytical for once but we ended up uh digging a bit deeper than we, we were expecting to <laughs> which just, just so seems deep. to be how we do it don't we like, yeah exactly definitely i mean there were so many games that we wanted to talk about weren't there and this and mm. actually we we asked around on our facebook page to see what else you know what what games other people sort of would remember the music of and and you know their favorite music i know that jamie mentioned that he really likes the ocarina of time music which was something that i was you know i was considering mentioning as well instead of going for links awakening and i think the that certainly you kind of cover that by talking about any zelda music Mm. because it's ocarina of time's music is no different to links awakening it's just actually different tracks that's it really the actual style of it is very similar isn't it yes very true so we, we sort of touched on it, Jamie. Yeah, we did. Tom mentioned Pokemon, specifically Lavender Town. And Definitely. that was something I'd completely forgotten about, really. You know, that those early Pokemon games and the music for them. Is, it, I, it's funny, I can't sort of remember it now off the top of my head, but I know if I listen to it, it's immediately recognisable. Yeah, it's... all. Well, I wanted to talk about kind of Pokemon, to be honest, within the episode itself, but we did really have chance. Um, and we talked about a handheld one in... Uh, in Link's Awakening again, but it's amazing how iconic that music is, despite how limited it was. And one of the things that we discussed earlier, like before we started recording, was the fact that this music is very carefully done because mm. they had such a limited. They couldn't be lazy with music. Mm. Lot how we like we say how you can't. They couldn't be lazy with graphics back in the day. Everything had to count. Mm. In this instance, they couldn't just be lazy with the music and add just more kind of like dramatic drums or like you know orchestral sound pieces. They had to really think about it and make it work because they had such a limited amount of. Well, I guess just plain data to play with. Yeah, they? no, absolutely. That's exactly um, it. And Pokemon was such a master. Like all the pieces of music in are so identifiable, and they're all very distinct as well. Like they don't sound like each other. They don't like you know you don't forget about one or the other. They all have very distinct feels to them. Yeah, definitely. Another game was Klonoa, the first Klonoa on PlayStation 1. Antonia mentioned that that's her, that's her favourite. I think there's a lot of sort of nostalgia with that, and that music is very of an era, like that sort of pl- early PlayStation yeah. kind of music. It's very breezy. Yeah, very breezy. And also similar to, we would, it reminded us of those old Disney games, those sort of Disney platformers where mm-hmm. the sort of style of how the way that they took the music from the films and converted it into um, sort of, you know, SNES music or chiptune music. Um, sort of, there's a lot of similarities there. One of the other men- honourable mentions, because of how kind of kooky and weird it was, was the, the music from The Sims. Specifically, the music for when you have like a radio in the games. So like yeah. when your Sim turns on a radio. Um, and it's not like the background music, it's like the music from it specifically. And they can change the ter- you know the station to represent that. And... It's actual music, but in Simlish. <laughs> I didn't even know that this was a thing until you mentioned it. I thought you were going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, the lovely piano music when you're in the build yeah. mode. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, it's legit good. Um, it's, like, it's so It's weird. all different genres as well. Like, yeah. there's loads of different versions of it. And I don't know how many games, how many of the Sims games did it. Like, I just know the stuff from Sims 2. So mm. I don't know if they did it in 3 and 4. But it's surprisingly good. So maybe go and look that up and listen to it. Like, I recommend the College Rock. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'll put some links in the show notes and they're basically covers of real mu- real tracks but in Simlish rather than in English it's like someone had to write those lyrics <laughs> so and one of the last things that we were going to mention um, which has like a bit of a link to uh, Grant Kirk Hope who we talked about in Banjo-Kazooie was the uh, the Donkey Kong rap the DK rap from Donkey Kong 64 yes. um, I mean <laughs> it's one of those where it's so ridiculous and so over the top but yet it's so you you are so glad it's part of the video game landscape. You know, you, you're almost proud to say, yes, this is part of my media. <laughs> it's kind of just taking that intro theme from Banjo to its absolute extreme. Yeah, absolute zenith. It's so memorable too. Yeah. Like, go and listen to it if you haven't. And yeah. I believe like it was added as almost like a last second thing like it wasn't an intentional <laughs> thing they were probably gonna have like a very similar kind of like you know traditional platformer style opening music mm. but then they decided to go kind of like off the wall a bit that's just some of our favorite pieces of music and was plenty more that we didn't get to talk about we had quite a long list and we had to kind of whittle it down to the we six did. normal entries that we had um and even then one of them was sort of like a cheat one with uh, when i was talking about like kind of the j rocky music mm. but i'm sure we missed some of your favorites um in fact i know we would have done so let us know uh what your favorites were we've talked about quite specific types of music but are there any types of music that we've missed inside like maybe there's something out of a strategy game that you really like for yeah. example i know like the uh the title music from civ 4 the um the one that won like an oscar or a grammy or something oh, really? uh mm-hmm. yeah it was like a, that was like a, like a african tribal style music and it like won a big award um you know something like that let us know see so we can uh, maybe do another one of these episodes later on like part two or something <laughs> we're just gonna we're gonna need a like sub-series about all about video game music at this rate. i mean it works really well for a podcast layout <laughs> yeah it does um but yeah you can let us know uh send us a tweet we're at octal fm on twitter hey for once tweeting would be really easy yeah it would because you can just be you can just be like at octal fm the title music to sit for or at octal fm the entire of the age of empires 2 long play you know 40 minute track (laughs) um which is one of my favorites actually but yeah you can also email us if you maybe have a whole bunch of things that we that we missed out that you want uh to mention to us we're show at octal.fm and you can go back and listen to past episodes head to our website octal.fm obviously listen to the other episode all about video game music um to hear more of our thoughts about things like well as we've already discussed um you know music that we think is particularly special and sort of highlights aspects of video game music i think we Mm. kind of touched on that in this to some extent as well but this was a lot more personal rather than you know critiquing but yeah head to octal.fm have a listen to some of them otherwise that's about it i'm gelada and i'm Seferin, and you've been listening to octal fm and catch us again for another episode soon Okay, everyone recording. Uh, well, by everyone, I think you mean me and you. And let's face it, <laughs> who's got a hundred percent track record here? Who doesn't? <laughs> well, shut up. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's amazing. Sorry, I, I, let me rewrite that. I got distracted from my phone, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just carry on from there and we'll just go on to the next segment. <laughs>